struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Than Normal. I'm your host as always, Jeremy. Here trying to make the world seem a little more normal. Does it ever happen? God, no. But we try. We try. That's all that matters. But of course, I'm joined by a guest to help me do that, as always. And my guest today is Dylan James Quarles, author of, well, we'll get into what he's author of. But first yeah. things first, how are you doing tonight, Dylan? I'm doing really well, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Any any paranormal supernatural author I'm always down to have on. That's definitely guys, my wheelhouse. So <laughs> you guys usually have good stories. So but <laughs> let me ask you the first question I ask everybody on this show. Okay. What got you into the paranormal supernatural world? Hmm. I guess it would have to be where I grew up, which is also where I currently reside. It's a little town called Port Townsend. It's in Washington State, a small town. So if you really have a, uh, like an axe to grind with me, you could probably find me. Um, <laughs> it's a little town, though, uh, Victorian Seaport, as they say on the sign when you drive into town. <clears throat> it was meant to be much bigger than it ended up being. Uh, it's kind of strategically located on the Olympic Peninsula. So back in the day, as they say, it was... Uh, a hub of uh, logging and mining and um, shipping and Shanghaiing people. So slave human trafficking and all kinds of nasty stuff went on here. And the town has this really rich history of all this shady stuff that went on here. Um, and then what adds to the paranormal side of it is that um, the railroad never came here and the bay wasn't deep enough to support like expanded sort of like shipping interests. So all that stuff went to Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia cities that are maybe a little bit more known outside of Washington state. Uh, and that left Port Townsend essentially like frozen as, as they say in Amber. Uh, so all the old Victorian houses that the ship captains and the robber barons built and used to live in, they're all still here. They didn't get knocked down for new high rises or whatever or like new apartments or fancy, you know, glass and steel Scandinavian designs or what have you. Uh, and the historic downtown, all these brick buildings with like creeping ivy all over them and um, old cigarette ads on painted up on the sides, that's all still here as well. And so what you end up with is a plethora of ghost stories. You have cryptids because we're in Washington state. So everybody knows about Sasquatch, but they don't know about some of the other more hyper local cryptids or the ones that have like a weird connection to the area, even though they don't seem like they would be from here. And on top of that, uh, we have a thriving sort of UFO uh, environment out here too. Um, maybe little known fact, maybe not to your listeners, but the uh, the phrase or the, 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 the terminology flying saucer was actually coined 
in Washington state for a pilot that said he saw something more or less resembling a, a pie plate. So Washington in general, in this area where I live is just like paranormal ground zero. You could just take your pick, which lane, whatever lane you like, you can get in it and you can cruise it. So that's where yeah. I got into this stuff. Okay. Interest definitely peaked. And there's a lot of questions I will have later on about all that, <laughs> but and um, we'll get into your we'll get into something now because what experiences have you have you had with the paranormal side of your life? Well, I've had <clears throat> a few ghostly encounters. Uh, I saw an apparition once, but it actually wasn't here in Port Townsend or even in the United States. It was in Thailand, and. Um, it was in a small village. I traveled to this village as part of like a kind of a team building slash cultural outreach, not affiliated with any organization um, that would be nationally known or or any kind of religious organization. But we went to this, me and a group of uh, friends went to this village in Thailand shortly after graduation from high school. And we taught and we taught in the local school and we it was pretty much just a cultural exchange, this small village in the north. And while we were there, uh, and this was in the summer, there was a sort of like a ceremony that took place in the in the village um, that was described to us as kind of like a summoning of spirits. So it's like a little bit like their Halloween, but it's in the summer, um, which is the rainy season there. So yeah. everything's a little flipped. And um, so we're in this like little village and they do this ceremony. It's kind of hard to describe, but there's masks and there's this one part of it where um, there's like a sheet and it's kind of being held by a, a lot of people, almost like if you can imagine the parachute game from when you're a kid, everybody's got a piece of the sheet and they're holding it. And then something is like popping up in the middle of the sheet and, and you're like, what's happening? Like these forms are, sh are shaping as they're like invoking these spirits. And, and, um, it's like, you know, you're seeing sort of like, it's the, I guess the idea is like, you're seeing, uh, these things are, are starting to pop out into, into the corporeal plane. Um, the ceremony comes to an end, our, uh, chaperone or kind of our fearless leader, our guide, he's like, gathers everyone around. He says, okay, everybody go home. Cause we were like living in houses in the village. Um, he goes, go home tonight. And I know you guys get up to trouble cause we would sometimes like sneak out and meet up with each other and have beers and whatever, and do things that, you know, recent high school graduates do. He said, go home tonight and stay indoors. Like you might not believe what you just saw you might not believe in any of this but they do and that's enough um and i that stuck with me because i i really do believe in the power of um in belief with yeah um so we all went home we went our separate ways and uh that night i heard all these insane sounds our house was at the very edge of the village right near um right near the jungle so you always hear crazy sounds at night and this is like rural thailand like thailand's fairly rural in points already but this is very very uh, rural. Um, so we're hearing all these weird noises, um, and, uh, start to hear squealing pigs and they're sort of screaming and they're right beneath our house. Our house was up on stilts. Uh, and it sounded like they were just right under the house and that was really unsettling and spooky. But then I started to hear, uh, footsteps coming up the stairs, uh, to our front door. And it wasn't uncommon for people to come and like leave us little gifts uh, so at first, that's what I thought it was, like a villager was coming to drop off like a gift, but it was late. So that was weird to me. But when I heard the footsteps come up the stairs and then they stopped outside the front door 
And then they continued, but this time they were inside the house and there's no electricity in this house. So it was just black as black can be dark of night. Um, and we all slept. There was six of us in this house. We all slept on the floor on mats in mosquito nets. So you really couldn't see outside of your net, especially when it was dark because it's like this kind of white, like fine mesh yeah. net. Um, I really couldn't see anything, uh, but I heard the steps coming through the through the living room and then they sort of stopped right behind me i was laying on my side and uh i rolled over and i saw this little thai man just beaming with the biggest smile uh and i immediately kind of did the whole like close your eyes rub them with your fists you know like almost do like a looney tunes double take and and then he was gone uh and when i brought this up the next morning uh, and I didn't sleep a wink for the rest of the night. I was listening, like listening, you know, like daredevil. I was like, had my ear turned. I was like trying to catch every sound. Uh, I brought this up the next morning and somebody mentioned, oh yeah, that house uh, used to be where they slaughtered pigs in the town. So that's probably what you're hearing. And everybody was so nonchalant about it. Everybody in the village was like, oh yeah, sure. You saw a ghost. No big deal. On with your life. So that was, I was 18. And that was the first time I'd ever seen a ghost. And I'd grown up in this supposedly super haunted Victorian seaport. And I'd never been lucky enough to catch a glimpse of a ghost. But I sure did come face to face with one there. So pretty much going forward into college and the rest of my life, I, I was very open to the idea uh, that not all stories are just stories to kind of bring in tourists or to ensnare your imagination. Sometimes they're, they're powerful enough to make a reality all their own. Wow. I mean, that's, that's one of those stories that people can't just, they can't deny. Like they, there's no way you could like, yeah, they could say, Oh, it might just been a real man that creeped in the house, but no, yeah. But how did was... he get in the house without opening the front door? That's what I always say when people ask me that, you know, they say, yeah, I, I, I've, I've told that story to skeptics too. And they've kind of been like, mm, okay. You know, cause they don't, you know, skeptics are useful and necessary. And I, I am, I am pro skepticism to, to a point though. Yeah. I mean, there's being a skeptic and then there's just being a dick. That's the way I put it. <laughs> That's the way I always put it. But yeah, I like that. I actually have that tattooed on my chest. Nobody out there <laughs> in listener land can see that, but if you're watching, you can see. <laughs> uh, and Michael, thank you for something. Bye, buddy. I'm sure we will have a good show. But I want to touch on another thing that you kind of touched on because you live in the Olympic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. I actually. I ha I've had Mark Matsky of Small Town Monsters on here before, and okay. he talked he talked about when they went to the Olympic Project, doing their Sasquatch research, and sure, of course, Washington is known by all paranormal enthusiasts as a Bigfoot yeah. Sasquatch hotspot. Yeah. So, have you ever had any experiences with any part of Sasquatch, whether it be like okay. friends or anything? I've got I've got a Sasquatch story. It's a it's Ooh. a little bit of a one degree of separation, but it also so I worked with a, a woman who I won't name. Uh, just kidding, Holly, <laughs> you're out there somewhere. I know you are. Anyway, she, she I worked with her. She lived a little further out the peninsula from where I am, um, in the direction of uh, Port Angeles and Forks. People will know Forks if you've paid attention to, to Twilight movies. Um, which if you haven't, don't bother. Just live your life. But uh, so Thank she you. lived a little, she lived out, out even further than where I am, which where I am is fairly remote. Where she is, is even more so. And it is way, uh, it's like her property was up this hill on a, on a little mountain out there on a road called Chicken Coop Road, which I always love the name of that. But 
her property butted right up against DNR lands, um, which are just endless, massive. If you look at my area where I live, there's like little dots of populated spaces. Like the town I live in is like 10,000 people. So they're not that populated. Um, but then right just dominating most of the Olympic Peninsula is just is either national parks or DNR lands. So it's very, very um, un undeveloped isn't even begin to touch what it really is. It's just the way it's always been. You know what I mean? It's like timeless. Untamed. Um, untamed. It's part of its allure to a lot of people. So her property butted right up against that. Anyway, she was walking her property. She said she learned I was into this, this shit. And uh, she said she saw something out of the corner of her eye moving and she turned and then boom there there it was you know not a bear um which are out here but not grizzlies black bears and they're not that tall i mean they stand up and they're tall but they're not like 10 feet tall as she described this thing was enormous it stank you know it's we're, we're ticking the boxes that people know about so she said do you got do you and your wife want to come sasquatch hunting out at my property and we were like fuck yeah we do because my wife is like even more pro sasquatch than i am uh, so we we went out there uh, and we all proceeded to do what uh, professional Sasquatch hunters should not do, which is to get roaringly drunk and stumble around in the woods. Um, at one point, I realized, like, if we actually do come across Sasquatch, like now no one's going to believe me, like, because I'm totally I have wine lips. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like trying to tell the news what I saw and I'm going to get like memed over here. So that's like my Sasquatch stories. Like she saw Sasquatch. We went to her property. She showed us the area. You know, there was no footprints and she didn't think to do that because she's not really that into stuff for her. This was like a life changing experience. This was like this was like time to put up cameras around the outside of the house because there's like enormous bipedal men who are covered in hair, who live in the woods around me. Um, so it's sort of, for her, it was a game changer for me. It was a really fun night of drinking way too much wine in the woods. So that's my Sasquatch story. Hopefully I'll have another here one of these days. Well, I mean, looking for Sasquatch is always part drinking in my opinion. <laughs> I think that's, the, I think that goes with like, before you can get your Sasquatch hunting badge and gun, it's like, what's your blood alcohol level? Oh no, that's too low. That's too low. Come back, come back after you've had some moonshine. I mean, me personally, I don't like being in the woods unless I'm drinking because I just see it as a waste of time. But that's me personally. People who like to go in the woods, more power to you. Again. I'm in the woods and I'm drinking right now. Well, there you freaking go. But I would be drinking right now, but I kind of fell backwards last night in the bathroom and cracked my head open a little. So, yay. Oof. Yeah, fun fun night. Can't say that ever happened before, but <laughs> kind of killed the urge to drink tonight. That's for damn sure. But... You also mentioned that you have some lesser-known cryptids around you, and I'm kind of curious to see what you mean, because I could see a few options, but I'm going to let you kind of tell me what you think All right. they are. Okay, so we have... Well, we have the Sasquatch, which is the no well-known cryptid out here. Of course. Um, of course. But uh, the Olympic Peninsula is surrounded on three sides by water. Uh, for your listeners that don't know what peninsulas are, that's what they are. Um, and with the water comes all number of strange creatures that have either not been categorized by science, uh, are mythical, maybe said to not be real at all. And yet their legend endures. Um, uh, so we have a, a few cryptids out here that fit that, uh, bill. 
um, my favorite and is was the inspiration for one of my um, one of my more recent horror stories uh, was the silky, which uh, for your listeners that don't know, it's the shape shifting uh, sort of mermaid of Celtic lore, uh, which is a seal that can shed its skin or shape shift into a into a human. Um, and when they are on land, they have to sort of stash their skin. This is like the the rumor, or, or this is the lore. And um, when and and they have to hide their skin. And if you can find it, you can trap them in human form, and you can make them your slave, or you can make them your you know you can get a wish or whatever the the myth may be that you've grown up with. Uh, I think the reason that the Silky myth found roots here is because of the fact that at one point Port Townsend was really uh, a bustling hub of trade and commerce, especially with the British Empire. So we had a lot of people of Celtic descent that were passing through the area and settling here. Um, a little known factoid about the area, which will be appearing in one of my other horror short stories, is that uh, the British and the U.S. jockeyed for control of the San Juan Islands, which are just like 30 nautical miles north of me right now, um, for a long time. And they almost came to uh it's called the pig war they they almost came to open an armed conflict over it uh but that's just to highlight that a lot of people of celtic descent were in the area like so they sort of brought their mythical beliefs. creatures with yeah. them yeah well you could say they brought their beliefs or you could say uh as i posit in my story that they brought their beliefs and they brought a few people who also happened to be silkies with them and these people decided for one reason or another that uh, living among the men wasn't worth it and it was better to return to the sea and as a sailor which i am a little i dabble i grew up on a sailboat my folks still own one so when you're in a boat family even if you don't own a boat you you're doing boat stuff all the time so i'm out fairly often on the water free diving or on the boat and you do encounter from time to time abnormally large seals who seem to be insanely uh intelligent beyond your normal seal which is already pretty they seem pretty smart already they kind of have the, these soulful eyes but every once in a while you'll encounter one that just is downright eerie um or uncanny how uh it seems to be looking at you with such intense uh human intelligence so the silky lore it does live out here and i i love it so much as a, as a concept and as a story that i had to explore in one of my horror shorts um and like i gotta say it's one of my favorite lesser known cryptids of the area uh another one that well, i hope to some before, oh, you you want me to to next, before you go on to the next one I, it's funny because selkies i were one of the first cryptids i ever learned about oh yeah I, re I read a book about them in i think it was sixth grade i read mm -hmm. a a book and i i believe it was an irish book or an english book but it basically was about a selkie that she it comes to it comes on and sheds its skin and becomes a woman and yeah. it makes it makes this the stories about a little girl and her brother's falling in love with the selkie and she's trying to mm. prove it but no one believes her because it's like a kid crying big bigfoot in america so sure. so i mean i it was one of the first cryptids i actually ever heard of so i do but to find that in washington that's kind of funny i never would imagine that well it's i think it's really due to the fact that um like I was mentioning, the fact that this this little weird town used to be such uh, a hub of 
international trade, especially with the British Empire. And the British Empire, again, if your listeners aren't aware, not the nicest people back in the day and did, in fact, subjugate the Isle of Ireland for quite a while. So um, yeah. a lot of Irish people were involved at various levels with British trading companies, um, crewing ships, captaining ships, and uh, some of them settled here. Some of them just passed through, but for whatever reason, the stories that they brought with them have endured. And the fact that there are just so many seals, harbor seals, bull seals in this area, I think it just sort of like the the transfer was very easy, you know, for in terms of sticking it around and keeping that legend to, around. Hey, Ray, what's going on, brother? Glad you could watch. So, okay, what was the next one you're going to go to? I'll let you continue now. Okay, I was going to jump to a hyper-localized one. Now, this one was actually brought to me by... Uh, this one was brought to me by a friend and my former publisher when I started writing this anthology of horror short stories set in Port Townsend that sort of chronicles these various uh, supernatural and paranormal stories that I grew up imagining and hearing. Um, so he, he published the first the first entry in this anthology. It's called A Secret History of Port Townsend um, before I went out on my uh, struck out on my own, got a different publishing. But um when i was floating the idea to him he was like well someday you got to do a story on king crow and i was like what is this king crow you speak of and he started to tell me about these local stories that people have to this day of uh, a raven or a crow that it has like the wingspan of like a small car you know um people see it and at first they think it's like an eagle that's swooping right over their heads but in fact they realize that it's not right above them. It's it's up high in the tree line or moving above the tree line. It's just that big that it, they thought it was closer. And it's this enormous crow or raven. And we have a lot of ravens out here that are really big. Like they, they are shockingly big sometimes. I don't think people realize how big a raven can get. Um, and they are really smart. Uh, and they have a whole host of interesting sounds they make to communicate with each other and um they're not just caca you know caca they're doing all uh, it's like impossible to mimic the sort of creepy sounds they can make so sometimes you're in the woods alone and you'll hear these like really bizarre noises these clicks and pops and 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 yips and chitters and it's it's a it's a raven somewhere and it's watching you and it's kind of letting you know like i see you um so the myth out here is that there are a few uh, ravens or one that's called the king crow, and it's like enormous. It's like big enough to to like take a man and fly away with them. So I was telling my wife that my former publisher had mentioned this myth to me, and I was like, "Yeah, it sounds cool, but I don't know exactly how I turn it into a story. I got to think about it." And this is me percolating, you know. And she goes, "Oh, I've seen it." And I'm like, "Stop the presses here!" And and she starts to relay to me this story. And she 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 didn't know it was a local myth. So when she saw this enormous crow fly over her car as she was driving out one of the country roads here, because there's also farmland that bands the area where I am. I'm on the we're on the we're on the seaport part of the land, but all around us is farmland and then forests and then and then mountains. Um, so she was driving out through one of these country roads, and this and this crow. She said it was as big as her car. That's why I used that reference earlier. Swooped over the road and up into the trees and she was totally floored by what she'd seen but didn't know that there was 
an existing local like legend around it. So she sort of just like almost kept it to herself. It's almost like one of those things where once a doctor tells you what your illness is, you feel better about talking about it. But when you don't know what it is, it's making you sick kind of deal. You just keep it to yourself. So it's like she yeah. she sort of was like, I know she's like, I saw it. I saw the King Crow to me. That was like, OK, now I need to do more investigations and i have put out the feelers i talked to my uh, old publisher and i've talked to some others in the area where it was seen uh, where my wife said she saw it and it seems to be in that area and it's a totally weird um very mystical area i have to say it doesn't look like america it honestly looks like ireland i've been to ireland it looks a lot like ireland out in these rolling farmlands uh with these pockets of woods that are ancient you know just like totally untouched and timeless so a few people out there have kind of started pointing me in the direction. Um, get this. It's a uh, mile marker six, six. So that's kind of weird, right? Like one, we're one off. So somewhere out around there on this, uh, on this road that runs out to the farmland uh, is where a lot of the sightings seem to be like localized. So when I finish with the short story, I'm currently working on for secret history, Port Townsend. I'm thinking uh, probably not the next installation. Cause I have to return to, witchcraft lore but the one after i'm gonna dive back into cryptid land and i'm gonna find out about what i can about king crow and sort of like see if i can bring king crow to a national stage because i think it's kind of a neat idea it is a neat idea and i mean but giant birds are not of course unheard of in the no world. i mean they're not right which that, is why that, it's that be, you being that close to the southwest it makes me think mm -hmm. of it maybe it's maybe it's a version of a thunderbird Right. Well, there's a there's a a Clinket, which is a tribe from British Columbia, which is so close to where I am right now, uh, British Columbia, Canada, that right. when I go walking on North Beach, um, my cell phone will get, shoot me a text from T-Mobile letting me know I'm now in Canada. Um, so they have the Clinket have the legend of the Calouse, which is a giant, not eagle, but giant bird. So, um, and it's not, and not an eagle, which we have those in spades out here. So it's, it's interesting that even the local native tribes have myths of humongous, uh, sort of supernatural birds. Uh, so I don't know if King Crow falls into that cause I haven't seen it, but yeah. you know, you could imagine, uh, cause the Calouse is usually described as being way more colorful, but like a crow's feathers have that oily quality. So you could imagine if the light hit a crow, right? it might have like this gasoline sheen that could appear as more colorful than if it was in shadow. Like when my wife saw it swooping through the trees over the, over the road. Yeah. I mean, it just, well, it reminds me of Thunderbirds, which yeah, Thunderbirds to me, my theory on them has always been that they are at least in the Southwest pterodactyls because of mm. the cave systems out West. And I was going to, I thought you were going to say a UFO. No, I think I can like believe that. I can believe that there are big birds that somehow survived extinction from the prehistoric age, or they just have always been there and we didn't know about it. And mm -hmm. like, people people might have seen them, but they might not think anything of them when they were when they were selling the West. It might have just been a new creature to them. Well, when and, you go I mean, out on the, have you ever been out to the Navajo Reservation? It's, it's no, huge. It's, it's it's unbelievably big. Like I, I used to, we used to go sure. a lot as a family, and there is no question in my mind. That there are corners of the reservation where human beings have never set foot you know i'm sure i'm sure and 
I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of still unexplored land out there on the West Coast, especially because it's the newest coast, and a lot of it's desert. A lot of it's just places, woods, places people are not going to go to explore unless they have a reason to. So yeah, West Coast, best coast. Debatable, debatable, <laughs> but no, the only place out west I've ever been is Vegas, and we didn't really leave the city. So mm, I, I wouldn't call I, that quite the west. That's getting out there. That's westy. <laughs> it's westish. It's a, it was a vacation. It was a vacation spot as a teenager, and I wasn't complaining. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Is there any more cryptids? Oh yeah, night crawlers. I had somebody tell me about night crawlers out here once. They said the they fre- saw a night. The, the Fresno night crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. They so somebody out here. They told me as a kid, um, actually similar area where my wife was driving was where this person claimed to have looked out their car window at night and seen a giant pair of pants walking across a field <laughs> as they described it. And I just, that stuck in my mind. Cause I mean, it's like so bizarre. It almost has to be true. You know, they didn't say anything fantastic. Um, actually though, I have heard in that same area, it's a really like, like I said, it's a very mystical area. Um, I have also heard people speak of seeing uh, a giant in that area too but those reports are unconfirmed but i'm so fascinated with that idea i love the idea of giants so i and we all know that there's a rich history uh in the paranormal world of giants and like what they might hint at and all that jazz so and i could totally believe um could totally believe that if they were anywhere to hide it would be out in those woods um because i mean like i said it's like farmland foothills and then national park mountains where it's like pretty fucking rugged um but the night crawler stuck in my mind because it was just like so bizarre to hear as a kid and then years later years and years later as i started to get into paranormal stuff um i learned that they are actually a thing uh and that just kind of like blew my lid so some apparently we have night crawlers here as well i've only ever gotten one report of those though Uh, i mean Nightcrawlers are one of those lesser known. I mean, they're known mm-hmm. because of people spraying them. Yeah, but but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's. I, I honestly don't know what that could be. I mean, if it's a ghostly type thing where it's an apparition, and it's just like a the bottom half for af, of a. Yeah, it's a, it's so a weird, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, like it is. I it's mean, just legs. You're just seeing a giant pair of legs walking around. It's like, what is then that again? I've heard stories too in big cities where people have seen like something running besides their car and it's just like they say it's a ghost but it's just the legs and like they just see the legs running like i think the one caller on one of my favorite podcasts they said it looked like a pair of jeans running down the road in legs that's what this woman described it it was a pair of pants she said she didn't say it was legs it wasn't like knobbly knees and hairy calves and big floppy feet it was a pair of pants walking across the field and when you see footage of night crawlers uh that's what it looks like. It looks like almost like one of those. It looks like almost like a wacky wailing inflatable arm tube man kind of situation. These big tuby pants walking along. So I don't know. I don't want to go off into the woods about night crawlers. Although I would like to maybe someday go into the woods looking for a night crawler. But um, it's around the same area where people have said they've seen a giant. So I don't know how much I want to fuck around and find out, to be honest. Because I think well, night crawlers sometimes have kind of a negative connotation like like they're oftentimes around where there are like dead bodies or something like that. Possible. And I mean, I haven't, I can't say I've heard that tie, but it's very possible. A lot of paranormal things are linked to creepy aspects of life, but 
-hmm. giants are fascinating. Like there are so many tales and newspaper clippings, even from the 18, 1900s of giant skeletons found all over the United States. And of course the Smithsonian or the government comes and grabs them. Yeah. They tamp down on it. Just like the, uh, I'm going to get it wrong. So I won't, I won't even attempt it, but just like the, the fascinating story about the um, prospector, I believe that was traveling down the Colorado river through the grand Canyon and saw a cave high up on the Canyon wall and put in uh, his boat and then scrabbled up this cliff to the cave and went in and found this um, massive cave network that was full of uh, all these incredible artifacts and egyptian sarcophagus sarcophagi and treasure and all kinds of uh sort of gray alien looking mummies and and then he went and told people what he found and then the smithsonian came and and supposedly gathered all of it up and and uh that was that but um that story's always stuck out uh it's sort of like isn't it uh, like Mount Shasta, like the Smithsonian, I'm using air quotes again, was sort of supposed to be kind of involved whereas like the uh, the men in black in that situation too, right? Like they always show up and then and then all evidence disappears. Well, I mean, they're the same thing basically. But I mean, the men in black are known nowadays as khaki men because yeah. they want to look like the basic human male and human males don't go around wearing suits anymore like they used to. So now it's easier to dress like a dad in his 40s and just wear a bermuda shirt and khaki shorts and that way you blend in so except for like the reports that they're like hairless and really creepy yeah i don't know i just uh, i mean that's why i said human because i don't think men in black are all human i think it's kind of like i think the comic books and the movies got kind of right like they had a source i think the comic books did at least and i think that led to the movies but because I think there's aliens and humans working in conjunction to try and sure. put a damper on things, which makes sense, you know. X Files yeah. is right. Could have called. No, it. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I uh, I subscribe to that conspiracy theory as well. I I personally think it's uh, more it, it's more believable than. I mean, our government. No offense, if you listen, if you're a listener and you work in the government, but I don't. Our government government's not really competent enough to uh yeah run that sort of full scale sort of operation where they keep a lid on things like that so i think if they are running it they got help from somebody who's a lot more intelligent good at that kind yeah. Of, yeah yeah keeping keeping a lid on things and keeping things running smoothly and joanne yes i can't imagine what they would say to have the finder shut up and keep their mouth shut like i 100 imagine what the government will tell them or threaten them with and there are plenty of examples where supposed people who they were working with to do extraterrestrial research, all of a sudden that person's gone mentally insane and is in an asylum because something happened. And the, it's usually because they're getting close to finding answers and the government shut them up permanently. Mm. All it takes is one injection of one of their magical concoctions. So who knows? I mean, but yeah, giants fascinate the hell out of me. I mean, I've, on my other app, podcast i do with my co-host we did a whole episode on giants like there's just so many examples of all over the world i mean the the, the quant kandar giant i think it is or it's some city in iraq oh oh yeah i've heard about this one yeah and, and supposedly the iraqi army killed it 
Yeah. But yet, all of a sudden, the government takes away the body and they disappear. So Yeah, yeah, I did hear something about that uh, on the tubes or the talks, the TikToks. I think I saw something about that one. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly remote parts of the world, like, you know, just how a Sasquatch myth can endure because of the area where they're said to exist is so remote and so rugged there are other places in the world that that also meet those requirements where a a legend can endure because maybe there's more to it than just uh hearsay folklore there's always more to it except for a few examples which i'll name in a second but uh have you heard about this there dylan because this is your area of the woods joanne says what about that kid from british columbia canada that's gone well i don't know exactly which one you mean i need a little bit more to go on i'm assuming it's related to giants if it's related to giants then i would love to find out more uh i know that on the human side of things the human side of the monster world uh we we we're said to have a higher number of active serial killers in my neck of the woods than most parts of america because it's much easier to oh. body out here this is just what they say Something oh i know what you're talking top. about there was a All picture right. that was released and some oh, people think it's a yeah. big foot on top of mountains people think it's a giant on top of mountain and and i mean i've seen multiple different versions of this picture so i don't know yeah what but... okay i know the story too and the guy he filmed it from his car right and when he was yeah. driving he put it up on tiktok and then he started being harassed by people in black cars that were coming around and he would film them and then he sort of went radio silent for a while and then he came i think he came back with a video that was like oh never mind it was just a weather station or something like that and then he disappeared this is the story at least yeah it's not the cops that stopped him it's the damn government they just might have been paying the cops to do it but it's well the government pays cops regardless so i mean but it was definitely not just cops. It was some high up government figures that want to get rid of people who, who say stuff like that. And they they quieted them up. I mean, you can only be threatened for so long before they or they replace you with a doppelganger. That's always possible, too. <laughs> a clone. Yeah, I mean, well, think about it this way. Reptilians, which you want to talk about the cave where they found the Egyptian style tombs and stuff on the West Coast. That's right up the reptilian storyline that that's one of the caves that connected to the reptilian city beneath <coughs> the west coast so especially la and mm. reptilian rept- reptilians can take other human faces can take on human faces as they wish sure i've seen so, the videos i have too and i don't I'm not saying i believe every single freaking one of them but there are definitely some out there that have maybe like questioning things there was some news anchor i forget which one it was but they did like a slow-mo of him do it on camera and he like if you slow it down and then he pause the right point you could see his eyes look reptilian like yeah he's up bl- like this it's like, like there's that. a little glitch and you can see it looks like his eyes blink the wrong way like sideways kind of it's a yeah it's a glitch in the matrix kind of but it's just i don't know i i get I, a lot of i i do a lot of marketing on tiktok i make a lot of videos for books um mm-hmm. And I am in Washington State, the Olympic Peninsula, Joanne. She just asked, Joanne asked, where am I at? So Washington State, uh, Olympic Peninsula, which is about as Pacific Northwest as you can get uh, and still be in the continental United States. Um, Anyway, so I I do a lot of TikTok. uh, I make a lot of videos for my books on TikTok. Uh, 
And I usually kind of take like a vaguely sort of like unsolved mysteries approach because it's it's nice. like what best kind of uh, it kind of best relays the vibe that the books are going to have the stories. Uh, and I have one story that's about these two guys and they get lost in the um, underground tunnels and chambers, which exist here in my town in Port Townsend, uh, because the military came here in um, the late, late 1800s, early 19s, and they built uh, a huge military fortification called Fort Warden. It was part of a triangle of bases that they made uh, on Port Townsend and then a couple of adjacent islands across the water. The idea was that no ship or submarine could enter into the Puget Sound without being in direct, um, coming under direct fire from at least two of these bases. So Fort Townsend's one, where one of them is Fort Warden. And they dug hundreds and hundreds of miles of uh, tunnels and bunkers, and they built all these crazy bunkers that are up in the hills. Uh, and now it's a state park. It's called Fort Warden State Park. I highly recommend that you check it out if you're ever in the area or that you make a trip here if you're not in the area just to see it because it is truly a wonder. It's a basically a ruined city in the woods uh, that was built by the military, all concrete. And there are numerous points at which you can access these tunnels uh, that go deep, deep, deep into the hill and connect to bunkers that are down at the beach, you know. Um, so we're talking, you know, steep, deep uh tunnels and bunkers and chambers underground so i wrote a story about because i grew up here exploring them with my friends as people do and there are ghost stories there are witch cult stories there's everything you can imagine people have seen happening in those tunnels um because it's just so creepy it's absolute darkness a lot of them are flooded now but you could still get in to most of them some of the dangerous ones they've sort of sealed up uh so i write this story that's about that happening these two guys going in and they find a tunnel that they've been looking for that's supposed to be sealed, but they find a way in and then they get lost and then they find something there deep. You want to talk about giants. I don't want to give away, but they do find something. Let's just say that deep, deep, deep in the ground. Um, that is sort of the reason why the area is so haunted. That's like their, their whole mission is to like find out why so many uh, houses and everything is so haunted around here in Port Townsend because there's people believe there's a vortex in town, a supernatural vortex. So these guys go to find the epicenter and they find it deep under Fort Warden in these tunnels. So I write the story. It's a good story. I like it. I stand by it. But as I'm marketing it on TikTok, I'm making videos. And I'm talking about tunnels, chambers and caves. And it gets like totally hijacked every time by people who are really obsessed with the reptilian conspiracy theory. And yeah. I want to be like, guys this is not that story take your reptilians put them somewhere else this is a different not every cave is a reptilian some caves might be but some caves are just caves some caves have giants in them or cults uh so you know little sprinkle a little bit of that on your um on your amazon wish list if you're in the mood for reading a story about two guys lost in the uh, uh, underground but um yeah that's my random reptilian story lately it's my most random my, my most recent interaction with the reptilian cohort is that they all seem to think that's what i'm talking about but which i was gonna ask you because you mentioned witches earlier and i was like there are mm. stories of witches in washington like this is something well, i have not really come across it's the same deal like i mentioned with the silkies you know it, it's because port townsend was once this hub of trade and commerce and culture you know um anytime that happens people from all over the world 
are passing through or settling here to establish their own little empires um that yeah there there are i have i had a friend i have a friend he's still alive i shouldn't speak of him in the past tense i might give you the wrong idea but he his story about the bunkers at fort warden that's what we call them we call them the bunkers um so there's some local um nomenclature for you his story about the bunkers was that when he was exploring them in high school with a friend they heard chanting so they went and they went to explore and examine where this chanting might be coming from and they came upon uh what they could only describe as a as a group of hooded figures deep in one of these chambers which were built by the military so they're not like uh gothic if you you know if you can imagine the architecture is fairly brutalist yeah. you know uh, efficient but they were there maybe it's because they were drawn by some of the energies that are in the area which there certainly are energies here in this area like i really cannot understate that like this is a very haunted area and the reason that i start my secret history series with the story of the two guys trying to find the epicenter of the of the vortex is because i needed to immediately set the record straight that i think there is a reason why this area in particular is uh, has such an intense draw on people who are hoping to either tap into that energy or just experience it on some level. So his, his story was that he and his friend came upon a group of hooded figures performing some kind of ritual deep, deep in the tunnels under Fort Warden. And of course they turned tail and they shagged ass out of there because they didn't want to end up on the cutting block. You know what I mean? Uh, and that story, which was relayed to me in high school stuck with me for, Obviously, here I am many, many years later. I'm not in high school anymore. I don't know if you can see me, but um, <laughs> I uh, I just had to pay homage to it and uh, to kind of kick the hornet's nest a little bit because I've always sort of believed and like this, I don't want to get in trouble. Like my town is so small. So if you are one of these poor towns and witches, these power broking witches, like don't come at me. I rent. I don't have anything. You can't take anything from me. Um, <laughs> but like I, there is... I've always sort of believed that there is like a, a group of power brokers, you know, that, that are sort of running the show a little bit um, in terms of getting shit done, staying always in power, staying always in control, even though the times change and social movements come and go, they are always on the Hill. They always live on the Hill. They always live on the tall Hill in the old houses. They always have money. You know, it's like, so combining that sort of feeling I've always had living here is I don't live on the hill uh, with my friend's story. I had to do a story about witches or like an occult group that is, you know, summoning uh, or drawing power from these ancient forces that are, that are here in the area. And um, again, I don't want to give spoilers away, but like, you know, races that came before the race of men creatures that could have come from the stars beings that might be older than the earth or maybe beings that uh came from somewhere far beyond and settled here you know sort of vibes like that like the you get into the weeds a little there but i do like hp lovecraft and the idea that sometimes what we might be thinking of as a demon might just be an alien that we don't understand a very old alien that died you know yeah exactly i mean there are actually a lot of people that believe that angels and demons are just different just aliens. aliens. Yeah. yeah. I'm an ancient I'm an ancient astronaut guy. I, I can I'll almost always tie everything back to the ancient astronaut theory because that's 
That's my bread and butter. Well, so let me tell you a theory I have, because if it ends up in a short story, I'm not going to be too disappointed, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, I have this theory, and I, to life, me can't remember if I heard it somewhere or if I just created it in my own head, which Ooh. is highly possible, knowing my head. But I've said it in my show before, so it's not like it's a secret. Um, I basically have a theory that Earth is a prison planet of sorts, mm. and that there's a international galactic UN out there, call it dupe, call it whatever you want to call it, based on a sci-fi show you watch. But and basically any species that they deem too dangerous or that they get sick of, this council puts on Earth and possibly other planets as prisoners. Mm. And that, that would explain many cryptids we have, such as Bigfoot, Dogmen, and see lake monsters like it, it, it could explain a lot of different cryptids that are in mass not just one or two sightings here and there sure and the biggest part this is what gets everybody the ufos we see in the sky are prison wardens <laughs> they're, they're like guards they're guards making sure that nothing escapes earth and also making and they work with the men in black in that aspect as well but they also and why do you think why do you think bigfoots and ufos are often seen together yeah right or, i've heard this connection before some not 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 exactly the way you're describing but i've, yeah. I've heard that there's a bigfoot ufo uh overlap. oh i mean basically i i'm pretty sure i put this theory together just based on a lot of other smaller like connections and i kind of combined it all in the one but here's the kicker what if humans are just prisoners from another you mean planet? like we came from somewhere else too yep I mean, yeah. there's that me. This isn't really related, but I've seen it in late, recent years, so I like to bring it up when I tell the theory. There's that meme on Facebook. What if Adam and Eve were the last humans of a dying race on Mars, and they crash mm. land on Earth? Yeah, like that. Uh, just the idea behind that. Like, the, I don't believe they actually came from Mars. I don't think they. I don't think we came from Mars, and by any means, but so well, it's possible. Yeah. It's it's possible, but somewhere out there we might have came from. There was a. No, okay, so a couple things on that. Like, one, I applaud your originality because I have heard plenty in the ancient astronaut community of which I am uh, a casual sort of fringe observer but secret yeah. uh, acolyte. Um, it makes its way into, like, almost all of my work, like, including the short story I'm working on right now, which is part four of the Secret History series. I'm bringing in Aliens. And I'm starting to tie these these threads together from the other stories, um, kind of hinting at, like that earlier hypothesis I had, which was like, you know, maybe supernatural stuff is uh, only supernatural because we are in the presence of different forms of life. And if a human being can turn into a ghost when it dies, what happens when an alien dies? Right? What kind of ghost does that become? Right? Like so. Anyway. Um, so I, I, I applaud your originality because I have heard in the ancient astronaut community uh, sort of the inverse of that, that Earth is this special, I hear it all the time, the super special planet that's like so beautiful and unique among planets that have intelligent life. And that's why the aliens are always coming here because they're like, this is like one of a kind. And that sort of, I feel like gets its, uh, that has its roots in the, um, that has its roots in like, eco activism a little bit like it, it, it that's yeah. almost like a little bit of a metaphor for like we need to preserve what we have like yeah. which i agree with i i am all for like 
hey, you know, I, I believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. Global warming is not a fucking conspiracy theory. It's actually real. We could call oh, it climate change, call it whatever the fuck you want. But like that's happening. And the people that tell you that it's not, they're the ones who have a secret agenda. They're the ones you should not believe because they're the ones that have all the fucking money. So never believe the people who have all the fucking money because they're the pieces of shit in this world. Signed and dated. Anyway, um, so I like that you are flipping the script. Instead of Earth being this totally unique place that all the aliens want to see because their home planets are like boring or drab, it's actually like the dump where they just send all the worst creatures that they don't want to deal with. So that's kind of fun. I, I, I got to say, uh, I won't steal it from you, but I oh, do like it. Be, I would honestly be honored. I mean, I, I, <laughs> a, a small fee by the story, just saying. But um, I mean, honestly, I, 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 I freaking give people free. I'd be honored. But I'm yeah, a Mars guy, though. I like the Mars idea. I don't think that I, we are Martians, but, you know, I, I think it's a cool. Uh, I, I mean, I believe. I mean, I was massively inspired as a youngster by the pyramids on Mars yeah. uh, and, and the face on Mars. That's that inspired. I mean, like easily my most popular books ever uh, are called the ruins of Mars. It's called the ruins of Mars trilogies, three books. Um, and uh, that's all about finding ruins on Mars and exploring them. And those books were massively popular when they came out and continue to to be really to do well and uh, pay the bills sort of. But um so I, I could never hear Mars aliens or Mars and ancient aliens in the same sort of like few sentences and not like say like, oh, I, I actually kind of believe in that one, too. Like, do do I think we came from Mars? No. But do I think it's possible that the Martians maybe survived whatever cataclysm it is that wiped out their planet and have existed in a in a different form, like maybe moving about the stars, the solar system? Yeah, totally, because look at what fucking Elon Musk and all these pieces of shit are doing here with Earth. They're trying to figure out how to move the human race into space when the planet dies for the yes. long-term, you know, preservation of the species. So do I think aliens might have tried that sometime, too? Yeah, why not? Well, we talked about most of your books, or your two series, at least. But I'm kind of interested in, as well, and I want to make sure we get a little time to talk about them before we have to end here. But... What is there be monsters about? I mean, I can imagine oh. what it's about, but I'm kind of curious to what your nice role was. yeah. Uh, okay, so like all my books have a conspiracy uh, theory kernel in them, uh, a seed from which everything more or less grows. Because this is who I am, and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Like the ruins of Mars, it was like I just mentioned the face on Mars, the pyramids on Mars. That's what inspired the story. And that's what drove a lot of like the that book has a, a really heavy and overt ancient astronaut theory vent to it. And that's, I think, why it's popular. Um, there Be Monsters is my most recent novel, best indie book award winner. So that's validation. Uh, the conspiracy theory that inspired that book was the Philadelphia Project, which I Ooh. have loved hearing about since I since it first came across my news desk in so much as I have one. And um, I was just fascinated by the idea of this this battleship because it, it has all these elements that help to really build a strong conspiracy theory you know it has multiple uh people involved multiple witnesses if you will it has mil the military industrial complex it has nikola tesla it has time travel it has teleportation it has all these things so that was the kernel that inspired there be monsters which is the story of um a group of 15 
hundreds, 1520s, uh, treasure hunters, more or less, this ragtag team of interesting characters uh, who set off to find uh, an island that they have heard about that's in the new world. And I won't go into the minutia, but, you know, there's there's interesting things that help move them towards this island that they have its location and the island supposedly has the ruins of a lost city on it and the and the city according to the witnesses who who are driving them on their quest is made of gold so i'm kind of playing with atlantis a little bit because the new world at that time the 1500s would have been like south america cuba we're getting into the bermuda triangle area a little bit right so they set off to find this this maybe mythical island uh, there's a parallel timeline that's taking place in the book, though, that's in 1985. And I have uh, a government black book, you know, off the record government experimentation um, taking place on this vessel. Uh, and they're messing around with like alien relics that they've recovered uh, through shady means. And by screwing around with these these alien relics, they inadvertently sort of tear a hole in space time and they send the ship back in time and also end up unleashing these man-eating monsters uh, that they have been, I'm giving away way too many spoilers, but whatever. They have been, because um, this 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 ship that the, the government's been operating in international waters doing all these horrible experiments, among other things, besides just tinkering with alien relics that they don't know, uh, how powerful they are. They were also messing around with genetic manipulation and growing, you know, creatures for various reasons. So these creatures are set loose and all hell breaks loose and it all kind of comes to a, to a head. It all clashes together when, when my protagonist from 1985 realizes that she's been transported back in time. Everybody on her ship has been massacred by these monsters. And now she has to team up with these treasure hunters and try to survive, you know, using only like old world technology and fighting back against these monsters. And also I throw in some conquistadors and I throw in some stuff from the mystery schools. Cause I can't help myself. And uh, we have prophecies and we have Atlantis and we do it all. It's all there. I mean, somebody described the book as a batshit crazy tale. Um, and I don't, um, it was a reviewer and I don't disagree. It is batshit crazy. I throw everything at the wall and somehow it sticks, hence the best indie book award. So, uh, if you're into like treasure hunting, time travel, uh, monsters, aliens, uh, female leads, male main characters, mystery schools, prophecies, <laughs> you know, islands, ruins, it's all there for you. Oh, conquistadors. <laughs> oh, who doesn't know some conquistadors? But sounds amazing. <laughs> but, and then you had one last book that I, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a uh, James Bond type book. But then I kind of read into it and I realized I was wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's, that's the man from Rome. I kind of sure. was like, I, at first I'm like, is this like a James Bond spy book? And then I started reading it. It's like, a little no, like that. Yeah. It's I, it's written like that. So this was my uh, that was like my vibe that I was going for. I wanted to write like a not quite Ian Fleming level James Bond or Lakery like uh, spy novel, but I wanted to write a spy novel more or less, except for in Rome because I love Rome and I've been to Rome many times. Um, except for there was a a heavy supernatural event, but the supernatural elements in the book are explored in a way that's like 
it's been mythologized. Like the man from Rome, the titular character is an unnamed immortal who's been living in Rome for presumably a very, very long time. And he purposely does not give himself a name because he does not want to be worshipped like some of these other beings which are similar to him that have come to earth over the ages that do want to be worshipped and do give themselves names like Artemis and Zeus and Apollo and Athena and on and on. Um, he, he, he is like them and they are, they are not gods. They're just something else from somewhere else. And because they are something else from somewhere else, they have these seemingly magical abilities but it's not magic it's just we just don't understand it it's just not of this world so um even though it has a mythology vent to it and a, and then there's immortals and there's all that kind of stuff and there's a, there's a lot of nods to greek mythology and roman mythology because i'm a fan um at the end of the day the man from rome very clearly tells uh this guy who works for him the main character like listen i'm not a god okay like i just come from somewhere you can't comprehend but it is a place and it does exist, and now I'm here. And so this is why I am the way I am, and you just need to learn to move on with it. So it's written like a spy novel, but you have immortals, and you have like all this like crazy shit going on, and it's super violent. So that's a, uh, I need to put that on the, out there front and center because I have had people complain about how violent it is. Like they, it's, I sell it as urban fantasy, which is apparently kind of sort of maybe more of a tame genre. I don't know. Um, it's a weird one. Um, so I've had people be like, I thought this was going to be like a romance novel between like a lady and an ancient immortal, sexy immortal. And it ended up being like people ripping each other's spines out and shooting the shit out of like all these Roman police. So I don't know what the hell is going on in this book, but I think it's a good time. And it sure makes for one hell of an audio book. If that's the way you like to enjoy a story. Do people not think Mortal Kombat is sexy? What the hell? <laughs> I know what's wrong with these people is all I got to say. Like, I think it's cool as hell. And Rob, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you call me sweetie. You're so sweet. But the head of my network there, he's a little <laughs> fun. But uh, so where can the people find these books and where can they follow you if they want to follow you? Well, you can find everything on Amazon because you can find everything on Amazon. It's A to Z. It's in the name. Uh, you can also ask your local bookstore. And if they don't have it in stock, they will get it for you because bookstores do that. So I encourage you to do it that way. Uh, because bookstores are awesome and uh, they're a bedrock of Western civilization, civilization in general, not even Western. We'll just open it up. Uh, so you can find me on Amazon or you can ask a bookstore, your local book vendor, and they'll get you a copy, whichever one you want. Um, there is, as you mentioned, the, there's the man from Rome. There's the ruins of Mars trilogy. Uh, and now there is there be monsters. And then on the short story side of things, uh, we've got the secret history of Port Townsend uh series which so far there's three parts uh part one is the one about fort warden and the guys getting lost and finding mysterious things underground and part two is about silkies part three is about witches part four is coming out soon it's about ufos and the military industrial complex which we have here in this area we didn't even talk about it but i don't want to visit from the from the men in uh khaki the khaki men but we have a lot of military stuff out here uh so you can find that all on amazon um if you want to follow me I'm on Facebook, Dylan James Quarles. Uh, it's hard to spell, but it's Q-U-A-R-L-E-S, uh, like like a guy fighting, but with one less R. Um, I'm also on TikTok 
at author Dylan James Quarles. And I'm having a lot of fun over there. I make a lot of content that's about this area where I live and some of the spooky stuff that goes in here and ties into my books. But it's just been doing really well uh, with people because um, there's a lot of interest in the area where I live. And so I love to shine a spotlight on some of the dark corners, as they say. Best way to do it. And all my listeners know, you can find me and this podcast on all podcatchers. And please like and subscribe while you're there. And also you can find us on Facebook as Paranormal New, Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings, named to be changed soon, podcast group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as that Juggalo Bastard. And you can find me on TikTok as that Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And of course, you can find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, where this is currently streaming, among other places. And we are, of course, part of the Antisocial and Parapost Network, and we're glad to be part of both. And until next time, thank you, Dylan, for coming on one. I want that, that was definitely awesome. And maybe we'll have you on in the future at some point when you have a couple more things out and we can talk about them. And yeah, just call me. You. You, you got my number now. Yes, I do. And to all my watchers, thank you for watching. To all my listeners, I'll see you in half a week. Till then. Have a good week and try not to like get kidnapped by giants. That's what we're <laughs> waiting for. <laughs>